0: would you pray with me? Almighty God, open our hearts and minds to your message this morning so that we are renewed and transformed, each of us in our own unique way, into the disciple that you are calling us to be. Amen. Finding our calling. One of the biggest challenges of growing up for many of us is deciding what do we want to do for the rest of our lives. At least that's what it seems like when you reach that magical age of around 18, when high school is wrapping up and we are expected to make those big decisions that launch us into those seemingly fateful trajectories of adulthood. Do we start families, go to college, leave home, join the military, enter a trade school, take time to travel? or build our farm or business. The options are endless and the pressure to make the right decision can feel overwhelming. As we move beyond that point in our lives, we realize that we're not limited to just one window of opportunity to make such big decisions. This is especially true when our lives don't fit the unexpected pattern, they don't fit the expected pattern that we might've imagined earlier in our childhood circumstances can propel us into unexpected situations or we might make poor decisions that temporarily sidetrack us from where we thought we wanted to be in life we also see situations where others where others reach goals where we think that those are very admirable goals to achieve but those have done it in a different way this latter group is made up of the non conformists they don't always abide by the rules of society, and they aren't too worried about meeting the expectations of everyone else. Interestingly, we see the Apostle Paul advising us to lean in that direction in the letter to the Romans. The early Christians were expected to behave differently than most other Romans. For example, they were discouraged from going to the Roman games, where people were entertained by watching others experience violence deaths. They didn't expect accept the Roman belief that there were many gods whom all had to be appeased. Now, the Christians were very different. They were called to be followers of Christ above everything else. And they saw Jesus as the Messiah who conquered death through his resurrection. As the Christians saw it, they were already living into a new time when Christ had taken his seat at the right hand of God and would be returning to reign on earth. This view was countercultural at the time, and it took a great deal of personal strength and courage to commit to the Christian faith. The followers of Jesus in Rome were persecuted and had a very hard life at that time. Of course, many of Jesus' followers were Jews. Jesus was a Jew, as was all the apostles. And he traveled the countryside of Israel, preaching and teaching in synagogues. These early disciples realized that he was teaching about a new covenant and his presence was the fulfillment of jewish prophecy apparently the arguments between the jewish followers of jesus and the jewish non-believers sometimes got out of hand the ancient roman historian claudio recorded that the emperor claudius decided to evict all the jews from rome around the year 49 because of their continuing arc and arguments over what he called christus which some scholars believe was the misspelling of the Greek word Christos, which meant Christ. Over time, the Jews returned to Rome, but while they were gone, the non-Jewish Christians, also known as the Gentile Christians, who were not forced out of Rome, they had taken on all the leadership in Rome in the church houses. As the Jewish Christians started to return, there were conflicts between these returning Jews and the Gentiles. The Gentile Christians seemed to think of themselves a little bit better than the Jewish Christians and were somewhat disrespectful. One of the main purposes of Paul's letter to the Romans was to encourage them to reconcile their differences and work together. In Chapter 11 of this letter, Paul compares the church to a plant and praises the Gentiles for being grafted into the branches where the non-believing Jews had fallen away. But he also warns them to remember that they are the branches and not the root. The root is Judaism. Also, in verse 3 of the passage that we just read this morning, Paul warns all of them not to think too highly of yourself, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Regardless of the race of our ancestors, we are all given gifts from God that enable us to serve in the body of Christ. Specifically, Paul points to the gifts of prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership and compassion. These are all crucial gifts which need to be expressed in the body of Christ, and none of them are specific to Jews, Gentiles or any other race or culture. As a Jewish leader whose primary task was the conversion of Gentiles to Christianity, Paul is aware of the advantages of diversity in the Christian community. And he knows that they will be much more effective servants of Christ if they collaborate. Because after all, serving Christ is one of the overarching goals of discipleship. Through our servanthood, we build a closer relationship to God and facilitate the discipleship of others as they develop their relationship with God. Indeed, Paul encourages us in verse two of today's passage to quote, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul suggests that we are called to continually be ready and willing to renew our mind so that we can discern how to act in society, so that we can bring out the good, the acceptable, and the perfect. Interestingly, the common English translation of this passage says that we should renew our minds so that we can figure out what is good, pleasing, and mature. This translation seems to imply that a sign of maturity is the willingness to be transformed as we gain a better understanding of God's will through the renewal of our mind. Unlike the segment of society that seeks comfort and satisfaction through conformity to the most popular beliefs and practices, Paul tells us that we are to be thoughtful and discerning. We are to live out our lives during doing those things which we have discerned as God's will for us and those around us. This is the essence of spiritual worship to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Worshiping God involves prayer, singing, reading scripture and service among other things. But spiritual worship is essentially how we spend our time on this earth. It is what we do on a day-to-day basis with the gifts that we have been given. Note that Paul specifically calls it a living sacrifice. It does not suggest that we are called to a lifetime of drudgery, sacrificing ourselves by doing the most loathsome tasks we can find. It is a life-giving sacrifice where we express the good, the acceptable, and the perfect way of living that we have discerned from God for our lives. Unlike the sacrifices performed in the first century, where temples in the temples where other creatures were killed for the benefit of the worshiper the sacrifice that paul calls for in this letter is the gift that worshipers give of themselves to god this is a dedication of one's life to holiness that is acceptable to god identifying that means of expressing your dedication to god involves finding your calling But I think there's a few misconceptions about the word calling that are worth discussing this morning. First, a person's calling may or may not be associated with religious work. Often the word calling is assumed to suggest work and ministry, but people are called to many different types of careers that are not associated with religion, they are yet very holy and very acceptable to God. In our passage from the letter to the Romans, Paul lists several different examples of serving the body of Christ that are not necessarily religious, including teaching, philanthropy, and counseling. Working in the medical field, customer service, farming, and parenting are all examples where there are careers that we can serve in where the body of, they serve the body of Christ in ways that are holy and acceptable. Second, Some think there's only one calling in life. Instead, I think we have different callings in different seasons of our life. For example, we may be called to parenting early in life and then find a calling in a different career, such as accounting later on in life. As we get older, our calling may shift to mentoring or advising others who have launched careers in the fields that we have participated in earlier. I don't think we're ever stuck with only one way of expressing our daily devotion to God. And finally, I think there is an impression that some callings are considered more indispensable than others. The Apostle Paul also addresses this misconception when he mentions that, quote, we who are many are one body in Christ. He explains it much better in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians where he describes the necessity that all parts of the body work properly for the body to have full functionality. He also points out in verse 26 of that chapter in 1 Corinthians. If any one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If any one member is honored, all rejoiced together with it. We are intricately woven together in our members, one of another. So, rather than assuming status creates value, it's important to remember that it is God's love that creates value. And since each one of us are made in the image of God, we are all equally loved by God and have the same precious precious value in God's eyes. We all have different callings, but we are equally loved. As the word suggests, I think our calling is the beckoning from God to live out our life in that unique way that expresses holiness and acceptance to God. It is our unique spiritual worship that we present to God based upon the circumstances that we find ourselves in and the kind of relationship that we have chosen to have with God. Consequently, our calling is like a fingerprint, unique in our time and place. Nobody else can have the same calling as us and we cannot have anyone else's calling. We may be discern a calling to become a doctor, for example, but no one else in history can have the exact same calling as those who have chosen during this time in the professional field to be a doctor during COVID. We may have had a calling to be a pilot, but no one will ever have the same calling as those who served in those precarious times of ferrying thousands of Afghan refugees out of the Middle East war zone after 20 years of military conflict circumstances help us decide how to express our calling as well as our passions gifts and graces but we must all do the important work of nurturing our relationship with god to find that calling after all it is god who gives us our calling so we must listen to god's message through the holy spirit to discern the unique way that we are invited to express our holiness within our unique circumstances Therefore, the advice from the Apostle Paul to avoid being a conformist applies not only to the behavior of the general public, but also to the Christian community. Each of us is blessed with unique gifts, including the opportunity to express those gifts at this special time in history. There has never been anyone like you, and there never, ever will be again. So let's take this time now to reflect on our blessings, Prayerfully listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and make a conscious decision to be transformed by a renewal of our minds into a holy and acceptable sacrifice to God. We have missed, may have missed opportunities to fulfill our potential in the past, but we can change that now. We are offered forgiveness for our missed opportunities through the grace that we have received through the sacrifice that Christ has made for us In his crucifixion and resurrection so i encourage you to take this opportunity now to build a deeper relationship with god the father make use of the grace given to you through christ the son and follow the guidance of the holy spirit as you find your unique calling in this moment of life amen